0: So one random morning, I was sitting in my Bible time with my coffee, cozied up when no sun had risen yet. And I had this idea that I'm about to go work out, but I have so many golden nuggets that God just gifted me. And I know sometimes they're just for me. But sometimes I cannot wait to share them with you. I mean, isn't that what going and making disciples of all nations is the Great Commission, right? So I decided I would jump on a Peloton so I can still get my workout in and still check that box for my habit building, my habit stacking, the atomic habits that build incredible momentum for my energy and for my sustenance and for my family and everything I'm connected to. So this is your behind-the-scenes, your backstage pass, your not-live-but-still-really-good Peloton-and-preach moment, okay? So you might hear me huffing and puffing, Disregard that or not. Join me. Start working out while you listen to Peloton and preach, and then you won't be distracted by my windedness. Just think I'm on the Peloton next to you or we're running, just like, you know, not coffee combo. Okay. We're actually moving. So let's do the thing together. Let's move. Let's remain fit in faith by activating and not just talking about the activation. And hang out with me on Peloton. I'm live Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, and you can find me in my Facebook group, which is the Fit and Faith Network, just like the app. If you don't have the app, get the app. Or hang out Instagram live, okay? It's really fun. Enjoy Peloton and preach. Come breathe hard with me. Let's go. Welcome to the Fit and Faith podcast. FIT is an acronym representing founders, innovators, and trailblazers who are looking to live a life Holy, fully, authentically, and truly fit. A space for us to connect on the raw, real stories of mind, body, and soul alignment of entrepreneurs and kingdom leaders. I'm your host, Tamara Andress, and this podcast isn't like the cookie cutter interview experience. I've been coined the entrepreneurial rabbi, and so we do go there, unscripted. No matter how far, wide, deep, or high the there is, my desire is to see people rise from the inside out into their greatest calling by sharing their truest stories, talents, and tips. As a purpose activator and brand builder, I believe our successes and failures are derived from who and whose we are, not what we do. But strategy and vision are equally as important to the mission. So let's cut to the chase together and get fit in faith. Good morning. It is hell time for each hour, but I don't have a Peloton. (laughs) And so I figured I would let you sit with me in Nashville. For those of you who are already home, give you a glimpse of the city still here watching the sunrise over here. It's stunning. Um, But I was just sitting with the word and God brought me to Ephesians this morning. And one of the things that we we're processing last night as a team is the conversation around self-help industry and how the self-help industry is kind of taking over and so much so in America that's taking over the Christian belief system. And, um, it was mentioned by several people throughout the conference about, you know, the elements that are used in the world's language or even in business arenas. And it's actually God's idea. And I really believe that with the newness and the freshness and what occurred with the 14 baptisms this past weekend, that we all have an opportunity in what pastor Anthony was saying, all have an opportunity for a new season, for a fresh revival, for a fresh um, beginning. And it's, it's by grace and not by works and the self-help industry is teaching you, um, that you have to do all of these things in order to be or become anything and Christ teaches us that is through him and by him and for him and through him all the words um, that that we are able to become and that he actually does the work inside of us Um, when we invite the Holy Spirit in. He is the God of betterment. Like he wants us to be the best versions of ourselves. And yes, there are activations that we can apply. And I love that. I think it's so critical, but simultaneous to that, it literally says that it's not by our works and the self-help industry is teaching. It's by your works that you become better. So think about it from a mental health perspective, from a physical health perspective, from the spirituality perspective, there are surely activations. There are surely steps. There are surely things that we can do to better ourselves. But honestly, at the end of the day, I think the word, the living word is what transforms us. It's what renews us. And that's why we start in that space. And so while some people are like, Oh, I just can't get up in the morning. And I I don't want to read the Bible. First thing, like I love to read it before I go to bed. Like there's no wrong time. <laughs> There's no wrong time to open the word. There's no wrong time that, that he isn't going to transform you. Um, I love the mornings because I I get clarity and it's time for just me without the team who is still sleeping. I'm sure mama B's up by now, but um, by, by my kiddos who are still resting, by my hubby who's like getting his team activated in the morning. And so he's usually doing that from his phone and this is usually my Peloton and preach hour and I wanted to just come on and share what God was teaching me this morning. And so I, I want to transform the self-help industry. I want it to be through business because entrepreneurs are generally the people who are in that category, that category, because they're searching for riches. And if you were in the very first, um, keynote that I shared around the being brand and business model. Uh, I, I shared the Venn diagram and on the center of that Venn diagram is the word bounty. And when we can come into our full identity in Christ, when we can brand ourselves in him and him alone and our business, our works thereafter based on our salvation is to do good works that were already predestined for us to do. Listen to this. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. Yes, it takes your faith and your belief. That's all he's asking for, your attention, right? Your attention. And this is not from yourselves. Literally destroying the self-help industry in that moment, right? It is not from yourselves. You are not the God. You are not the one who sustains your salvation. You are not the one that is going to make this happen better for you. You're not the one who's going to achieve the riches here on earth as it is in heaven. It's not you. Yes, it's you and your body and your flesh, but only after this, for it is by grace. You have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. It is not by works so that no one can boast. And so this morning, as I reflect on the weekend still, and I'm sure I'll be reflecting on it for weeks, maybe the whole year before the next one transpires, no one can boast. No one can boast. Not even my team, not even me individually, not one speaker. It's by the power of God. It's by the love of God. It's by the mercy of God. It's by the grace of God. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do this part come on this part so your your working your efforts your ideas your creations everything that you do prior to your awareness of who you are in Christ it's not unnoticed god sees your obedience and your consistency and your creativity those are parts of who he is but until you know Jesus, until you are sanctified in him, until he dwells inside of you, you will not be revealed what good you can actually do to the entirety of the goodness, because you have to know him. You have to know your father to take his name. You have to know him. And so I am excited for all of the incredible baptisms that transpired this past weekend, for you to have this fresh revelation, for you to see what it is with your eyes through the lens of God that he's created to you to do, that you've been predestined to do. And so that the effort is to do good works and to understand that it is God's handiwork that you can do those things. I'm in Ephesians 2 right now. And if you go to Ephesians 1 prior to that, which I was also in this morning, there is a three-part section. I'm going to show it to you. You can see my Bible. Yes, I take notes in my Bible with pen and highlighter and all the things. That first section, verses three through six, are about identity. They're about identity. Let's go here. They're about being. It's about the being of who you are. Predestined us for adoption to sonship in Jesus Christ or daughtership, but sonship in accordance with His pleasure and will. Again, it goes back, it's taking it away from you. You don't have to carry the burden. You don't have to carry the pressure. You don't have to carry the load. You don't have to be perfect. It's his pleasure and his will that he invites us into relationship. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given to us in the one he loves. That's Jesus. The second part is like branding. It's redemption. It's redemption in him. We have redemption through his blood. His blood is our brand. His blood is the seal. It's the covenant. It's the forgiveness of our sins in accordance with his riches of God's grace, his riches. We're going to talk about this in just a minute because that's the element of bounty, his riches, not the riches of the world, not the riches of the world, that he lavished on us. He wants to lavish his, bleh, that was like a list. He wants to lavish his, his riches on you. And you can't receive those riches until you're in him as an identity marker. It's like the prodigal son, which I'm sure you guys are familiar with, you hear all the time. He, he had everything his Abba, his father had. It was his already. He chose to run, he chose to spend, he chose to go, he chose to leave, he chose to experience the world and be in the world and of the world and do all the things that the world says will make you feel good. And when he came home, like the 14 people who came home this weekend, and I believe there are actually more in the audience, actually I'm sure of it. I've had a conversation with a couple who are yearning who are still seeking, who are trying by their works to figure it out. And I am sure and certain by God that I declare and decree right now that their souls will stop running because they're running in the wrong direction. And when they turn around and they start pursuing their father, like he pursues us recklessly, he does it for a relationship with us. It says in accordance to his pleasure and will. He wants a relationship with us because it feels good to him because he created us for it. And so the brand, the branding is the blood. It is the redemption. And when we get to that place and he lavishes us, like he lavished the prodigal son, he come home with like pig, um, pig sloth and grossness and, and defeat and weary. He was weary. I know your soul is weary. You're tired, you're depressed, you're anxious, you're overwhelmed. These are only elements connected to sin. And I know that that's hard to comprehend and it doesn't disgrace mental health by any means. But the reason that our society is in a cyclone of defeat is because the enemy is trying to tell you that you've been defeated, but we have a victor. Our father has already been victorious in heaven. You guys have got to see this victory. I don't know if you can see that. Look at the pinks in the sky. Oh my goodness. I came up here because it was still dark and I wanted to see if I could see the moon. And God told me literally in that moment, don't search for the moon, search for the light. And I know the moon is his creation, but he said people are in the world of the world, even witches and demons who are seeking out and they're falsely idling the moon and what happens in the night he says no keep chasing me keep chasing the light gosh it's glorious it's so good so he wants to lavish the robe and the ring he wants to lavish you with the biggest best feast he wants to lavish you with relationships so that you're not isolated so that you're not alone so that you don't stay in here and you stay out here and and in this space of receiving from the lord you have an opportunity to give to other people, and those are the good works that he has planned for you. Those are the good works that he has planned for you, not greed, not envy, not comparison, not lust, not any of the deadly sins. He doesn't want that for you. Because what the enemy does is he's, he's, trick, he's tr- his trickery is real. He takes those things that are deadly sins, just like the knowledge from the tree from in the Garden of Eden. And he says, I, I'm going to trick you into believing that this is what you need. And God says, no, but it's not what you need. And it's not what you actually want. But you think that you do. You think that you want all of the wisdom and all of the mystery. But God keeps some of his heart and his soul mysterious for you. Even the good works in which he has planned for you predestined. Because he wants your attention, because he wants to know you, because he wants to love you. Yes, Michael, pursue the heart of the Father in every area of your life. And wait to experience in that the riches of the bounty that we're talking about. So lastly, in Ephesians, that first chapter is first identity, which is being. Then it's redemption, which is brand, which is his blood. And then third, it's inheritance, which is the business the business element in him. We are also chosen having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Y'all I'll be honest. I, I said yes to these things. Y'all look at these pinks. I said yes to these things and it was in and by and through and for his will. And I was surrendered to that. But in the mist, we get to making in the mist we get to self-developing, in the mist we get to creating. And God is like, No, remember me, focus on me, stay, stay surrendered to me. Get on your knees before me, and I will reveal the plan. Not you. And this weekend, oh my gosh, how many times was this plan revealed? Things that I couldn't ask, hope, or imagine. And he says this, he literally says this in his word. The glorious inheritance in his holy people, the riches of his glorious inheritance, the bounty, it's incomparably great power for us who believe that we may be enlightened and know that our hope is where our heart resides. And so it says in order for us to do that, in order for us to be in his will, who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be the praise for his glory. And you were also included. So he's talking in this moment about the Jews and the Gentiles, the Jews and the Gentiles. And he said, when you believed you were marked in him with a seal, that's the brand. The brand is the blood, the covering of the, of the blood and the promise of the Holy spirit, who is a deposit of he is a deposit. Okay, so think about a, bank, a banking account. He has deposited in your bank account. Right now, the riches of his glory. You are not going to run dry. You are not. You are not impoverished. You are literally in his riches. The guarantee. It says there is a guarantee by his blood of our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possessions to praise of his glory with thanksgiving and prayer is the next section yes myron golden is amazing oh my goodness i love him michael he's so good yes they're pinks i mean look at this guy here's the city okay can you see the city it's got the light casting on top of it here is this and then look you guys got to see my brand okay so the brand is the blood The brand is the blood. The brand is the blood. And then boom, the promise of God. The promise of God is chasing you down. It'll fight till you're found. Your shirt said founder this weekend because when you're a found first, underlined found in Christ Jesus, the works that he prepared for you, the promise of God will be revealed to you. This is salvation. This is the sweetness of salvation. Oh my goodness. So a prayer for the Ephesians. I talked at the very beginning about the element of of self-help. And how self-help is going to continue to grow. It's the biggest industry on the surge because especially as the mental health element um, continues to depress, self-help will continue to rise. And God on the antithesis of that is also going to continue to rise. And you are the church. You are who he's talking to in this moment. Okay. And so I need us to fight together. I need us to run together. I need us to know the power of the kingdom resides in the glorious inheritance of us as sons and daughters who work together as a family, not about the spirit of competition. Because self help is self proclamation, which is saying, by my works, I will get riches. And you stay over there. It's a it's comparison. It's envy, it's greed, it's lust, it's all of these things. And that's not how the kingdom works. So if you get into three, Ephesians three, and you go further into the prayer for Ephesians, I believe this is a call of what's transpiring even with grow your business for God's sake. So stand by. For this reason, I kneel before the father for whom every family in heaven on earth derives its name. Every family, Jews and the Gentiles, that's what he's saying. Every family derives its name. And yet they don't know that because they don't know their identity. They're not branded in his blood and they can't do good works. They're doing selfish works, selfish works. And that's not the intention. Everyone does business first. They're like, what? I need to make money. I need to do this thing because the world says that. And God's like, no, fall on your face. Surrender, kneel before the father. I pray that out of his glorious riches, this is out of this deposit, out of this inheritance. When we know that we know that we know that our bank accounts are full, that our inheritance is opulent and luxury, like Marcus Ellis always says, opulence and luxury, that's our identity. That we have a ring and a robe and a field full of calves that the party in which our father is throwing in heaven for all of the new souls that are his and in revelation that they are his, it's out of that place of glorious riches that we operate. And when I think about that, I feel safe. I know financially people are looking for safety, especially in this recession. And that's why they get greedy. And I know that in, in resource mindset, we're thinking we self selfishly, that we gotta get our piece of the pie. But if we serve a God that is, is abundant, if we serve a God that has endless bounty, the pie never runs out. You get what you need, I get what I need. They all get what we all need. I think about this, and I didn't say it on stage, but when I was twirling that umbrella, I was laughing in my soul because I was thinking about if all the raindrops were lemon drops and gum drops, oh, what a rain that would be. If all the milkshakes were candy bars and, wait, if all the snowflakes were candy bars and milkshakes, oh, what a snow that would be. <laughs> and, and that's a fun song. It's from Barney back in the day <laughs> and I love it. But my immediately, I had a gut check when I was singing it because that's terrible. <laughs> That's that's literally a worldly song saying that if God's promises were filled with sugar, (laughs) we would die. We would all go into cardiac arrest. We would have diabetes. We have these problems because that's what the world thinks God's blessings are. Sweetness is is a lie. It's straight from the pit of hell. Sugar is a lie. You guys, I'm taking a turn here, but I'm going to come back. I'm thinking of the body. In the brilliance of our mechanism that God has gifted us. In the inheritance of what he has promised us. In order to steward those glorious riches, we have to have a vessel that is capable of stewarding those things. And that's why your body health is so paramount to the good works that he has prepared for you. You come into Christ Jesus. You have this supernatural filling of the Holy Spirit. And then you get convicted. And the convictions that, that word, I wish there was another word. What's another word? Sanctified, you know, is what it is. Then you become righteous. You become more Christ-like. Okay, so the becoming journey. You become. That's what my whole book is about. Becoming feels so like, ah, I'm always becoming. That feels so easy to me. Conviction feels like really hard and like feels like, feels like the church cur- currently who's like throwing the Bible on people you need to do this thing. You need to do this thing. I just saw something last night where like there was ice and the guy was like ice picking. And he's saying that like in Christ, like this is what the church is doing. It's breaking us apart. It's making us feel um, condemned. And that's not what God is saying through conviction, sanctification, through holiness, through becoming righteous, through always becoming. It's an invitation to become more like Christ. And that should be easy. That should be a joyous experience. When I stopped drinking, my flesh fought, but my mind never did. I never felt better when I woke up every single morning. There's never, ever a night that I regret not drinking in the morning because I feel amazing. I feel excited. I feel ready to take on the plan that God has predestined for me in that day. And so you've got to get strong. You have to, you have to get resilient because when you go out and you do the things that are hard, the burden is light, but the world is heavy. And when the world is heavy, there are things that God's going to ask you to do, like fight sex trafficking, like go to other nations and help people who are starving and building wells and doing these, these huge things that I know are in your heart of hearts. But you're like, I don't have the resources God says, that's funny. I have the resources. What you don't have is your health. And yet that too is a gift. And so focus in on that place. Renew your mind daily. Focus on your body. Get in the word for your spirit man to become grown because you're a baby. You just got baptized. You're a, you're a baby all over again. Like when I see like the glow that I see on the pictures of the people that I got to take um, pictures with that, um, after their baptismals, I'm like, oh my gosh, somebody said it so beautifully about Ryan Austin when he was sitting, um, listening to Anthony prior to baptism. And then when he went underwater and he was just sitting there like praying afterwards, I'm like, oh my gosh, he looks so like youthful. God wants to restore your youth. Yes, Michael, laying down idols is exhilarating. It's so freeing. When you go to the altar and you lay that thing down, whatever it is, maybe it's a smoking habit, maybe it's a pornography addiction, maybe it's a self-help junkie addiction and you need to get in the actual self-help thing, the resource, the biblical business Bible, the thing that actually will living, it's living, restore your soul. You need to lay down the Netflix. You need to lay down the media. You need to lay down that music and stop listening to the junk. You need to create boundaries around people who are trying to steal, kill, and destroy every single day. This is the renewing process. And so I'm in the prayer of Ephesians, and I'm saying how directly correlated this is to grow your business for God's sake in the heart of of the people who are alongside me as family. I see you, Daryl. I love you, brother. I pray that out of his glorious riches, out of that bank account, that inheritance that he's given us, that he may strengthen you with a power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. When we remove ourselves from a community of believers, when we get isolated and we don't go to church and You guys know my perspective. I've been hurt by church, but I also know the power of community. If this weekend didn't prove that to you, that when you get into the room with people who love Jesus, their love overflows, nothing holds them back. They accept everyone. We embrace everyone. That's community. And it's real and it's raw and it's not a fake smile. But God is saying that we have to dwell in Christ Jesus in our hearts through faith and by the power of his spirit in your inner being, this is where we come together as family. And it says, and I pray that you, here we go, being rooted and established in love may have power together. Together. This is not self-help. Self-help is singular. Get rid of the self-help and get in the togetherness, the kingdom of God we operate together. Brian has an incredible platform. He has an incredible business. He has 400, I don't even know how many employees you have. I say 400, I was thinking of Tony D at that moment, but how many, how many employees do you have, Brian? You have so many businesses underneath you and all of the different things and all of those people are being touched and graced. And people from the unnatural eye would say, how is a top contracting school <laughs> gonna partner with Fit and Faith or with Grow for God? How does Tamara and Brian do work together? That doesn't make sense in, in the eye or the line of sight of a business strategy. Where's the collide? Where does it? How does that work? It's the kingdom. The kingdom collides because together he predestined these relationships. We can't make this up. We can't make this up. The people that were in that room that are, felt like family, felt like they found brothers and sisters is because God predestined them to be there. But together is the vision, together. If we all are equally bound in the riches of heaven and the inheritance is plenty, everything that you need, ask, hope, or imagine is in the bank account, is in God's bank account, then why would we not operate together? I couldn't have done what I did if I didn't have other people supporting. But you have to be willing to ask for help. And when you're in the self-help industry, we don't think that we need to ask for help. We just go to the next book and we think that alone we can do it. If I just do this one thing, then my business will be better and I'll make a lot of money and everything will be right. But God says, no, come into me, find me in Christ Jesus. And together with all the Lord's holy people, that's you to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. This is my favorite. Because the way that I experience Jesus is different than the way you experience Jesus. The way that you activate as a Christ like follower might be different. Like I sparkle and shine and I dance and, I, and I'm goofy and I love to write and I love to sing and don't, I won't be on the mic singing, don't worry. But I love to sing, I love to worship. I love to worship. And I, you might not like those things. You might not want to write a book. You might not want to speak on stage. You might not want to bring people together by the masses. You might not want to to preach. You might not want to. There are so many gifts and talents in the kingdom intentionally. He's created us differently and uniquely so that we can become the body of Christ. And I. Like I said on stage, my pinky is just as powerful as my knee, is just as powerful as my ears, is just as powerful as my head. Like we need the body to operate together. If one part of your body, isn't it weird? Like if you get a paper cut, if you get a paper cut on your hands, that one like your whole life is over. Your hand is like, what? Every time you wash your hands, every time you wash your hair, every time you wash the dishes, every time you do anything, you're like, ow, this hurts. And why is the body of Christ not bleeding, not hurting for their brothers and sisters who are lost? We need to be on our knees for those people and not focus on the self-help development of now that I'm in Christ Jesus, I'm going to have all of the riches. I'm going to now because I was prodigal and I am sanctified. No, now your eyes are revealed and opened and your empathy starts. And God has removed scales from your eyes in your baptism for you to be able to see what breaks your heart that breaks Jesus's heart. This is the good works that he has prepared for you. And it's why when I help people develop businesses, I talk about your passion. Sure, your passions are awesome. I love what you love. But I also want to break with what breaks you. Because if we aren't doing things and operating out of the brokenness of what the world is doing we're operating out of the riches but we're helping the brokenness then we as a as a collective as a together as a holy people we're just hanging out in holy populations (laughs) we're just getting in rooms and hanging out this is why sometimes the church gets it wrong the church is is operating needs to be in the streets the church needs to be healing the church needs to be feeding the sick the church needs to be out there doing the things and not just sitting together. Now, there are times where we have to come together and refuel and be on mission and pray fervently. I believe in that. And it's why Grow Your Business for God's sake is so powerful. We had people who were a part of that church come up to us and say, I'm a part of this church and this week and I feel more a part of a family than I have here in years. Why? Why is that? Because the church gets so focused on the doctrine of a church and how to run a church and how to manage a church and how to to fill the seats. They're focusing on the seats. What did God tell me weeks before that changed the trajectory of grow your business for God's sake forevermore? Because he humbled me. Souls, not seats. Souls, not seats. We need to be focused on souls, my friends. And so it says together together. We will get to experience the fullness, the wideness, the vastness, the deepness of Jesus. Because I get to tell you how he's saved my soul. And I get to, to teach you what he's taught me. And Angela and Kelly and Michael and Brian and Daryl, you guys get to be Christ-like in your unique way. And I get to yearn for for that knowledge through you. And I get to become more Christ-like. And so when you're around people who might feel holier than you and you're comparing yourself, that's not what God says. If you're around a married couple that is like, oh, they're so happy it makes me sick, <laughs> right? They, they love each other so much, it's so frustrating. My marriage sucks, right? Not my marriage. We're on the other side. But like, do you, or they're so fit and oh, they're, they're so in shape, they're so dignified. They're so eloquent in their words. Stop hating on people. Oh man, Marcus Black is in the room. He's so eloquent with his words. And I know there are people who hear him like my voice doesn't sound like that, but I'm called to speak and therefore I'll just let Marcus do the thing. No, it's a calling higher. Ashley came up to me during the thing. And she said, Tamara, I love you. You inspire me to be better. And I said, girl, you inspire me to be better. She, like literally has thousands and thousands of people in her community, and she stewards them beautifully. They are a family. We all have things that we can learn from one another. Don't let somebody else's Christ-like experience deter you and make you think that they're trying to be perfect. We're not trying to be perfect. We're trying to be Christ-like. We're chasing after perfection. And it takes laying down, which is why these baptisms are so monumental to the, the walk. Even if you've accepted Christ before, this is that new season, that next level for you. God is saying, get connected to people because when you're connected to people and you actually live life like a family, your family will actually call you higher, a family who is operating as kingdom family. Other families who are broken and who are sitting in sin will stay in that place of, of competition And try and step on you and try and call you into sin again. Don't let that happen. You have to stay renewed in your mind and create boundaries. Be with safe people. God's people, God's holy people are safe people. So it says, I pray that you being rooted and established, we have to stay rooted in him, in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love. That surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. It surpasses knowledge. Stop trying to understand. Self-help is the place of understanding. It's the place where you go to say, I have all the knowledge. And the more that I seek and the more that I read and the more that I hire the gurus and the more that I, 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 you're missing the great I am. You're forgetting, you're being distracted, you're being succumbed to a a mind warp. You guys, we watched this documentary last night on the self-help industry, which is probably where this fuel is coming from, but God brought me to Ephesians this morning, not knowing I was gonna speak on this, and he told me this morning while I was worshiping with the sun rising and all the beautiful colors, not just these, but the sky, what God was making for me. He said, you're gonna break the self-help industry. You're going to break the self-help industry. You're going to stand on top of the self-help industry. And I need you to be there with me. To speak louder, to speak truth and get out of self and into him, the one who created you, your creator. And it surpasses knowledge. It surpasses knowledge. The garden when 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 the serpent gave the gave eve the apple this is exactly what he was giving him her and him he was giving them knowledge the self-help industry is passing apples <laughs> it's just like the witch in snow white that are passing apples and saying this is the answer because this can also be in the business industry and i want you to be mindful i want you to be um discerning I've prayed so much this year about discernment and I bring people into my corners about discernment because I am, I love people. I love people fast. And then I get brokenhearted um, because holy people, rooted people, there's a guise over Christianity and Christianese because they can talk like it because they can get in the word too. And they can memorize But memorizing isn't heart led leadership. Heart led leadership is when you'd sacrifice yourself. Heart led leadership, grace filled leadership is when you are willing to actually lay down your life for someone and not just profit off of them. Don't let people fool you. I've been fooled and it hurts and it's hard. And at the same time, God revealed to me even in this year, even through this conference, even through relationships that have transpired through this process, that I'm not their judge. And when I am revealed to someone's character or lack of character or integrity, which is why being is the first thing before you build a business, the first thing has to be the dominant factor. If you do business first, your business will crumble because your character crumbles. It just is that way. It's, it's a non-negotiable. God will not let someone's business soar for too long. That's why you see people who get to the top and they take their life. That's why you see companies who get to the top and they go bankrupt. That's why you see even NFL players who are, are recipients based on their gifts that God gave them. Gifted all this money, but because they aren't stewards and they got, aren't doing the good works of Christ, God's not multiplying it. They're losing it. Be watchful, be mindful of wolves and sheep's clothing. When I have business, which is what Fit and Faith Media is, grow your business for God's sake, and Fit and Faith Foundation, our, our element is going to be another entity, a nonprofit, so that this confusion isn't there. Um, because I, I it breaks my heart when people question my integrity, but I don't have to go after them to show them my integrity I've, I've got an army of people around me who know my heart but I still am I'm still led to break what Christians who have done it wrong, who are lying to the holy people um, have done. I feel a desire in my deepest soul to help erect that integrity again so that people can see what Christ followers look like and not what Christians are capable of. Christ follower. I'm a Christ follower. I'm a Christ follower. You're a let me, let me finish this out. It surpasses knowledge. Stop seeking knowledge and self-help and go to the self-help book. Now, don't get me wrong. I listen to books I I think I tell you this every time I do Peloton and preach, which by the way, this is the Peloton and preach hour, 6 a.m. on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but I don't have a Peloton. So I'm in a swing and I was watching the sunset in Nashville. I will be on my Peloton on Thursday for sure. We're going to go run here shortly. Um, but I take, I take what I know it has elements of wisdom, um, not godly wisdom, but worldly wisdom. And I think worldly wisdom can be a tool for us as Christians because there are people who have figured out business. There are people who have done things of the flesh and it's worked in their mind, and their body, and their soul. There are doctors who understand. There are mental health um, therapists that are really good at what they do and the resources that they've developed are great. But at the end of the day, if they're not introducing you to Jesus, they're not doing their job that God created them. They're not doing the good works God created them to do. They're doing decent works. They're doing elements of support, but the good works that God predestined are healing, supernatural healing. And mental health is not always getting that right. It's why when I see people who are in their faith and love the Lord and are Christ followers and also mental health advocates, I'm one of them. Morgan is one of them. I am, I'm enamored by that because I'm like, yes they're gonna give them the actual answer of who they are and whose they are and their identity and then their redemption and then their inheritance, right? That's what people want. People are getting it backwards. Business brand being, business brand being. That's what everyone's doing. I will have a business idea. I want the inheritance, they say out the gate. I'm gonna brand it, I'm gonna make it all these fun colors and it's gonna look like this to the world and it's gonna maybe, I'm gonna mimic what somebody else in the world is doing and then everyone will know who I am. Do you see the backwards way (laughs) the world is operating in business? It's got to go the other way. It's being. It's identity redemption inheritance. Being branded by the blood and then your inheritance, your riches, you're going to operate out of wealth. Wealth. Bounty exists in the middle. Bounty. Boundless riches, it says biblically. Goodness gracious, boundless riches. So it says now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, you are able than all we ask or imagine according to his power. You are only able because his power is at work within us to bring him glory in the church. Come on, come on. Help me help me bring glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all the generations all the generations forever and ever. And amen. I believe that there are Moses in this, in this movement, but I believe I'm a Joshua. I believe that it's for generations and that there are going to be Moses that bring people out of exile. They're going to bring them to a state of healing. And the baptism was a perfect example of that, but I have tasted and seen with the land of the milk and honey have for you and i don't want you to live in a manna mentality Ooh, that's good jesus thank you lord in that in that it's just enough i want you to live in his glorious riches i want you to live in the bounty i want you to live in that place and i want you to operate out of him through him doing good works that he predestined for you so when i business build with you on business building out of your identity and out of your redemption so that you can claim the inheritance that he has already predestined for you. It's in the bank account, my friend, the endless bank account of heaven. And until you can stop doing what the world has told you to do and you start doing what God predestined you to do, you're gonna stay impoverished even if your bank account is more than mine, even if your bank account in the world's eyes is full. God doesn't sustain. He sustains his people. He sustains those who seek him, just like the prodigal son. After after his father gave him half, he gave him half. He gave him what he asked for. He said, yeah, you can have this half. But what happened? He ran out. This is going to happen to the wolves in sheep's clothing. This is going to happen to the people who are putting their business and their profit first. Instead of looking to the prophets of the word and instead of being a prophet, instead of letting God be a conduit to who they are and who they are created to be in Christ Jesus, their bank account's going to run out. Their business ideas are going to run dry. The people are going to not any longer need them. If you watch and you read about the prodigal son, people were using him for his money. They were staying connected to him. They were partying with him. They were going to the casinos. They were doing all of these things. And as soon as the money ran out. As soon as the physical resources run out, because it might just not be money, it might be energy, it might be health. I don't know what will go in their life, but I know God wants their soul. And so lessons are coming for those people. And when they get to that place and he's now in a place where he is feeding pigs, he has to eat out of the pig trough in order to be fed. No one is there. No one is there. And I don't want I don't want my brothers and sisters to be isolated, but I know isolation has to exist for people. And so the Moses that are a part of this movement are coming and they're waiting and they're hoping and they're wishing and they're praying fervently and they're praying without ceasing. And they're developing the programs and they're creating the houses and the homes that are gonna be invited into when these people come home to prepare the feast. They're preparing. Liz and Paul Anderson, I saw Paul on here earlier. They have an incredible ministry. They were such servants this weekend. They, my family, gosh, my family, they blow my mind. We call them family, friends who are family. We chose them. They chose us, but really God chose us to be family. Predestined, remember. They have the Hope House Foundation. They actually gave you coffee bags, coffee grounds inside for Love Remained, Love Remained Ministries, and they are about family. They're about marriage, and out of that well, they're going to have the Hope House, and the Hope House Foundation is intended to be a house that is going to help develop um, people who have been prodigal, people who are lost, people who are broken, even people who have been imprisoned so that they can come back to the goodness and the grace and the love, and they can understand their inheritance, their great inheritance from God. They're going to teach them life skills, but they're going to teach them heart skills. They're going to teach them soul skills. These are the people that I'm partnering with. I'm partnering with people like this who are doing good works out of the place of sanctification, out of the place of baptism, out of the place of knowing whose they are, out of the place of their brand, their brand above all. I don't care about their colors. I don't care about their logo. I don't care about that is the blood of Jesus. God, I just thank you for the revelations. I thank you for the family. I thank you for the people that are on right now live. I thank you that they have a yearning to know you, that they have a yearning to exist out of your glorious riches. God, will you just bring them peace Will you bring them prosperity? But God, more than anything, will you just connect with their heart in this moment? May you help them to lay down. Will you help them to surrender? Will you help them to become more like you? That every time we lay something heavy at your feet, God, you restore it with a breath of wind. That you restore it with your will. That you give us fresh vision and fresh ways to understand how are we going to do that thing? How are we going to fill that void? But God, you come in like a mighty wind, like a rushing wind, and you fill those gaps. You fill those empty places. When I had to release family members, God, you filled that with friendship that I could never imagine. When I had to release my identity in my titles, God, you filled that with a new title. You filled it with the title of queen. You filled it with the title of daughter. God, when I had to release the contracts of my nine figure businesses, Lord, you fulfilled it with souls, souls that are far more precious than rubies. God, if I get to live my life in this ministry and say yes to you, God, and I get to operate out of your glorious riches, the bounties of heaven. I just ask in your precious name, Lord, that you make a way, that you are the light unto my path as you have been, that we get to exist in that space and that you bring forth people who will help resource out of their inheritance, that will help resource out of their gifts, that they will remind me on my hardest days, that they will remind our friends and our families and our sisters and our brothers on their hardest days that they are not alone that you are preceding us that you are before us. You've predestined these good works. So I don't have to strive in my plan. I don't have to strive in my perfection. I don't have to get self-help. I get to get help from you. Oh God, you are help me just like an azer. You were referred to as azer, which is the, the name for woman. God, you are both man and woman. You are all the incarnate. You're omnipresent your character i pursue your character jesus so that we can have your knowledge how wide and how deep and how long and how vast it is oh god we want your wisdom lord forever and ever amen for generations thank you for spending time with me this morning thank you for for being at grow your business for god's sake if you weren't there we are going to have the recordings out soon You do not want to miss it. You do not want to miss it. You want to soak it in the riches of heaven that are coming out of wellsprings from people, wellsprings of their heartache, their heartbreak, their prodigal moments. We're not perfect, but we're seeking perfection in Christ Jesus. I love you guys so much. Have a blessed day. Make sure you come hang out with me on Peloton and Preach. We do it here and on Instagram live on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6 a.m. But I you guys are going to see a lot more of me. I don't know how. I don't know why. We're in planning mode today, uh, and it's going to be good. I love you. See you guys later. Thank you for everything. To read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener, and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Faith team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. Our world can feel chaotic and uncertain, but we don't have to live enslaved to fear. Christ has promised me and you His peace, and throughout Scripture has provided powerful tools and practical steps to help us experience greater freedom. I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, inviting you to join me and my team as together we learn how to starve our fears and feed our faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com or wherever you access podcast content.